back to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast brought to you by GeekLegacy.com. Justin and I are here with a full docket of video game news stories to talk about. And it's the first time in a long while where we've actually had two pages of stories to go through. And uh, we're both very excited for most of these. I should say Justin's could care less about one or two of them, maybe, but <laughs> I'm still excited nonetheless. How are you doing today, bud? I am fabulous, Stephen. Thank you. How are you? I am great, uh, especially after this first story and the first announcement we're going to go through is that Disney has officially rebranded their gaming division to Lucasfilm Gaming. And literally a day after that, two huge announcements were dropped by. So as mentioned, Lucasfilm Gaming uh, is the new official gaming studio of Disney. You know, the whole Disney monopoly that they own pretty much everything. I'm pretty sure they own half of me at this point as well. But the two announcements that came shortly thereafter is that Star Wars would no longer be an exclusive franchise to EA and that there was a new game in the Indiana Jones realm being developed by Bethesda studio Machine Games. Uh, Previously, as we all know, EA Games was the main developer behind the blockbuster Star Wars titles, which resulted in games like the Battlefront reboots, the open world adventure Jedi Fallen Order, and last year's space combat game Squadrons. Disney has stated, however, to clarify that the relationship will continue even as other developers work on other Star Wars games in the future. So EA will still continue to do their thing, uh, but there is a new open world Star Wars game being developed by Ubisoft Studios. Of course, they are well known for the Assassin's Creed franchise, so an open world game sounds quite intriguing, uh, especially after all the cancellations that we've had over the past years, particularly Star Wars 1313. So we'll see if any of that comes back to light. And the Indiana Jones title, we saw nothing more than a quick little teaser. Uh, It was a nice little pan shot of a camera, which had a passport, which revealed Bethesda's logo. There was a typewriter that had machine games on it, a camera with Lucasfilm. And then, of course, the creme of it all, the fedora and iconic whip that Indiana Jones carries. The music also had a little bit of the Indiana Jones theme song (laughs) in the background. Very, very slowed down if you were that quick of an ear for it. But nonetheless, we have a new open world Star Wars game that is not being developed by EA and a new Indiana Jones game coming in the near future. So very exciting stuff. I would say so myself. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I'm definitely excited about uh, Ubisoft's open world Star Wars game. Uh, definitely a fan of running around, chopping people up, especially if you can determine whether you want to. I mean, if it's like a class system where you can be a Jedi or you can be a Sith or you can be whatever, like a scoundrel. I think that'd be kind of cool where you can kind of play to what kind of characters you're most interested in. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, fascinating. And I uh, can't wait to see how this all plays out. And and Indiana Jones, we were talking about that on Geek Legacy the other day, like. Uh, we are definitely pumped for that experience. We went on to talk about freaking Disneyland and Indiana Jones ride for like two hours. <laughs> it was nuts. So this definitely got uh, the juices flowing, as it were. It's been a while since we've seen a proper Indiana Jones video game title. Uh, the Lego games, obviously, the first that come to mind. And those were fun for what they were and exciting, as is. Um, this is a franchise that I think has lived on pc for a long time um i remember playing the fate of atlantis back way way when i was a child Uh, i think that game came out in 1992 uh point and click style type game but like i said it's been quite some time since we've seen anything from the indiana jones franchise it's gonna be interesting to see who they cast as 
the titular character because everyone's always in love and adored with grumpy Harrison Ford and his rendition of it. So we'll see how that happens. Sure. No, absolutely. Definitely looking forward to it. I think, um, you know, a lot of people got their dose of Indiana Jones with the Uncharted games. I think that's a pretty fair Mm -hmm. comparison. And I know Randy, especially, you know, he's like Mr. Indiana Jones fan and he couldn't get enough of Uncharted. He loved it so much. It was like he wasn't a fan of Crystal Skull per se. I mean, he likes Indiana Jones, so he's going to like it to some degree. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, he was playing Uncharted games to get his Indiana Jones fix. (laughs) You know, that's what's hilarious is so with this merger of not merger, but with this partnership of Bethesda and Microsoft. Uh, we haven't seen anything that suggests if this is going to be an Xbox exclusive title just yet. But how hilarious would that be? Is like, oh yeah, you guys got this Indiana Jones knockoff Nathan Drake, but we have Indiana Jones himself. So <laughs> suck on that. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, at the end, of, <clears throat> excuse me. At the end of the day, I just think it's it makes more business sense to not be exclusive, but time will tell on that one. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if there's a hundred million units in homes that you would literally be, be losing out on so much business, potential business for all those indie fans out there that own a PS five. You know, and that's the thing is I think you and I have talked about this a couple of times, like a, an exclusive title can still work in this day and age. I mean, you look at Sony's lineup, you look at Microsoft's lineup, uh, particularly the Sony games, Spider-Man, Last of Us, Uncharted. We just brought up God of War. These are games that are selling close to 10 10 million copies in their lifetime. And they're selling better than some games would on multiple platforms. It just boils down to how much effort and how much faith you put into that particular title. Um, So I can definitely see this still succeeding as a standalone. I mean, as someone who subscribes to Game Pass and and waiting for it to be released on that platform, it's a game that I would definitely check out. But I can still see it selling a good amount, especially because throw a rock in a town and see if you can find someone who doesn't know who Indiana Jones is, or at least have some semblance of the character. Right. No, Joe Schmo. Yeah. Um, In the realm of Star Wars news, uh, it is worth noting that Jedi Fallen Order did get updates for next gen consoles. Um, The Xbox Series S, the only change is the frame rate, which went from 45 frames per second to 60 on the Xbox Series X. The performance mode now hits 60 frames per second and the dynamic resolution can scale between 1080 and, and 1440p on normal mode post Processing has been increased to 4K resolution and dynamic resolution can range between 1512 and 2160p, whereas on the PlayStation 5, uh, as well as um, they got a frame rate adjustment as well, going from 45 to 60 frames per second. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's funny with all these uh, future gen proofing updates that these games are releasing, it makes me want to go back and play a bunch of them again. Dude. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, like, because, you know, I've been like knee deep in Dark Souls, but the load times are almost non-existent when it comes to that game now uh, playing on the Series X. Like I can literally just pop like the game. I have three on disc and it just goes right into the game and I see a little campfire for maybe two seconds and then I'm playing. It's so awesome. (laughs) I freaking love it. Anytime I watch like YouTube videos on it, there's just this black screen of like tips for what seems like forever. I'm just like, oh my God, fast power. (laughs) 
man, playing Destiny on my PlayStation 4, you know, when the game's loading in between worlds, I'd go grab a snack, make a drink, use the bathroom, do my taxes, right. come back, and I'm loading in. Started playing it on PC. I have all of two seconds to get my thoughts in order. Yep. I know. I absolutely love it. It's amazing how this just expands so much. Yeah. I'm sure the first time we get like a huge game that has a load time, we're going to be like, God damn it. <laughs> Lose our minds for no particular reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what am I paying for, man? This shit sucks. Man, you know, I was thinking about that because I've been kind of off and on playing uh, the original Final Fantasy VII on Game Pass. And that's another one where it didn't necessarily have long load times, but it wasn't the quickest game. And this is also a game where when you get to a certain point, you got to take the disc out and pop another one in. Right. And then you're getting we're now, like you said, we're getting to a point where that was okay and acceptable. And now if a load screen takes longer than 10 seconds, like, oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. I remember Final Fantasy VII was three discs and then eight was four. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking to myself, my God, this is crazy. How long does the game need to be? Man, I still remember old PC days installing Wolfenstein 3D and it was on like six or seven floppy disks. Right. Yeah, those didn't have much in the way of space. It was like 1.4 megabytes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by floppy, I mean the three and a half inch ones, a little like the save icon, basically. Right, right. As opposed to the five and a quarter inch. That actually flopped. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was watching Superbad yesterday. No, two days ago. And uh, when they're going over the surveillance footage of McLovin getting punched in the face, it's on a VHS tape. And that movie <laughs> was in like 2007 or eight or something. I'm just like, oh, my God. That's so crazy. I still remember uh, <laughs> when I got my first car because it had a tape player in it. Sure. Tape and at the time, like those tape player to CD adapters were like 40, 50 bucks. Like, I can't spend that. I don't have a job. Screw this. So I go to Best Buy and I ask the guy, like, do you have any tapes? He goes, what's a tape? <laughs> you, know, you know, like tapes. I, I, like, I don't know how else to explain. It's like, you know, cassettes. tapes. I'm making the shape with my fa- my fingers. Like, little cassettes. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, it, it looks like the little... Little things like, oh, you mean these guys? <laughs> Literally oh. had one pack for like 20 bucks. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't even remember what the last, I think the last cassette I ever purchased would have been uh, Nirvana, like in utero. The one with, I think that's the one with the baby in the pool. Mm-hmm. I think that's the last cassette tape I ever purchased. Uh, random segue, but Nirvana was re-releasing one of their albums as a red cassette tape for Valentine's Day as what? like a little limited edition. What? I don't even have a way to play it. <laughs> I know. No, nobody does. <laughs> oh, man. Totally get you. There's so probably nothing about still it. Herald Nirvana as like their favorite band and refuse to go to anything else. They're the only ones that can play that stuff. No kidding. There's a lot of Nirvana fans in Seattle. Like every rock station is always rocking out to Nirvana. Yeah, it makes. I sense. mean, it helps when you're from there, but local heroes kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> Aberdeen, I think, is where Kurt Cobain was from. Could be wrong. I don't remember. So, Justin, gut reaction: Are you more excited for an Indiana Jones game or a new Star Wars game not being developed by EA? Um, I think I'm most excited for the open world Ubisoft Star Wars game. 
I think that uh, I'm very excited for that. Although I, I am, I will admit that I am pretty pumped at the prospect of Jedi Fallen Order 2. I would love to revisit that franchise, especially with the fast travel that we mentioned on the show at nauseum. <laughs> Please. Um, but I mean, you know, EA, it was like 10 years, right? That they've been making games, but really that, that didn't even happen the first couple of years because they needed time to actually uh, crack the egg. I think a battlefront was probably their first game. Mm-hmm. Maybe there might've been a mobile game or something thrown in the mix, but um, definitely excited to see how this turns out. Yeah, there was a couple of hints dropped that Fallen Order 2 was definitely still in the works. Um, I can't imagine it isn't just because it sold so well for EA. And you clearly have a good Star Wars franchise to go forward with that and Battlefront and even Squadron. So, you know, EA, they're all about the money, money, money. And they're going to continue to produce, produce, produce. Did you play Squadrons? I did not, actually. Yeah, I didn't either. I was, I was kind of waiting for it to show up on uh, EA Play or whatever. <laughs> yeah, at this point, like if it's on the Xbox, I'm just waiting for it to show up on Game Pass at some point. Yeah, I'm like, well, I mean, it was, it was even down to like 20 bucks, like Black Friday weekend or whatever. I was like, well, I'll just be on EA Play at some point. Uh, speaking of Star Wars Battlefront, the game is free on the Epic Game Store right now on PC. So go ahead and take advantage of that. It's, I've had multiple friends tell me about it. I'm very excited. They're, they're always looking out. That's so great. I can't wait to actually check it out now that they fixed all the loot box issues and all that stuff and actually just enjoy a fun game because some of my fondest memories way back when in Star Wars Battlefront were just loading up these epic space battles and going to town and sure. destroying everything. And there's a campaign, too, that takes place after the events of the battle on Endor. That's true. So you have that. So I have something to look forward to is what you're telling me. Yeah, I think it's like a it's probably like a five hour campaign, maybe a little less. I don't know. But I mean, it's still cool. I mean, the draw to that game is the fact that you can just load up any battle and start shooting things as some nameless soldier right. and eventually become a Jedi. Sure. They have all those crazy heroes that just come and F things up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're doing a good job and then not you just got mowed down like all of a sudden like a random Yoda or Dooku just shows up and murders your ass. You're like, wait a minute. That ain't right. This game is less fun now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Anyway, uh, what about you? Are you excited for... Are you more excited for a non-EA game? I think I think so. Um, obviously, there's so much history and lore with Star Wars that an open-world Star Wars game can literally mean anything. Um, like you said, I would love the idea of a Knights of the Old Republic style game where you get to pick your own character or you get to choose your own path. Maybe not so much as playing as a Jedi, but just taking the reins as any available role that's in there. But, you know, Indiana Jones is something that I can always look back and say, this is some fun shit. So having a game come out for that um, is pretty exciting, but definitely if they both are released at the same time, same day, I'm definitely picking up Star Wars first. Sure. Watch Indiana Jones just be like a Super Mario ripoff where you're just hopping <laughs> over boulders and platforming through trees and shit. It's like Pitfall 2022 or something. I was going to say, it's literally just taken out of Pitfall. 
<laughs> I could see that. That'd be a fun joke to play at like an E3. Like that'd be your trailer. Just be like a spinoff of Pitfall. I'll leave it to Machine Games, who also developed the Wolfenstein franchise to create games where all you do is destroy Nazis. So that's always cool. They're like, insert Nazi template here. (laughs) Who's someone else that we can get that can punch a Nazi in the face? (laughs) Indiana Jones. Yep. I mean, that's just it, right? If it takes place in the 40s, then that would be that's like his heyday, right? So Mm -hmm. that'd be perfect. There's some sort of occult device that's going to you know, end the world and the Nazis are after it and he stops them. Credits. I just love that Machine Games' track record is literally the Wolfenstein game since the New Order. They made a Quake Dimension of the Past, so that's thrown in there. And then <laughs> I'm sure in some pitch meetings, like, all right, we need to break from Wolfenstein. Pitch something else. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yep. All right, same thing. <laughs> yep, I could, I could see that. Man, good stuff. Oh, well, what can you do? You ready to move on? Yes. What else we got? All right. Well, mark your calendars for January 21st at 2 p.m. Pacific because there will be a Resident Evil showcase. I'm very excited about that. The um, Resident Evil Games Twitter account said, don't miss the Resident Evil showcase on January 21st at 2 p.m. Pacific. Join Resident Evil producers and our host, Brittany Bombacker also known as at Blonde Nerd, on a guided tour of Resident Evil Village, including a new trailer, first ever gameplay, and more Resident Evil news. Now, this game was first revealed, I want to say like around June 11th during the PlayStation 5 reveal. And I remember I was all kinds of giddy. These games terrify me. I love them to death, but they're so scary. And uh, this one looks like it's... uh, Got Resident Evil 4 vibes cranked up to like 11. So very, very much looking forward to this. And I'm hoping that there's some crazy, creepy collector's edition that I can order that has like this crazy little goth horror Santa's village kind of vibe where it lights (laughs) up and I can have it on display at Christmas time. I think that would be awesome. But definitely looking forward to this. Cannot wait. So definitely mark your calendars. January 21st, 2 p.m. Pacific. This game will continue the story of Ethan Winters, who is the protagonist in Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, and also features the return of Chris Redfield. Well, an old school favorite. They go to a village, and it's evil. Yeah. The residents are evil in said <laughs> village. In the village. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And there's yeah. eight of them. <laughs> You got Mo and and Jack and Stella, Larry, and Curly, <laughs> Gertrude's in there somewhere. There's probably a Klaus that looks kind of European. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe a Vladimir. Sure. Uh, I'm excited, dude. I can't wait for this one. I I know it's going to scare the bejesus out of me, and I am an eager little beaver to play it. So, um, looking forward to see what they announce. I have seven installed and I have yet to even open it up. <laughs> oh man, that game is horrifying, dude. I, and, and there's like a VR mode too. And <clears throat> excuse me, things happen in that game that I swear I would die from fright if I was playing it in VR. Can't do Pro- it. Probably because I'm yeah. not a huge fan of horror games. And I know you're 
really not a fan of horror games. No, I love horror movies. It's just the games stress me out, man. I can't do it. I'm like, eh. <laughs> put on easy mode. Put on I don't I can't die mode. Have all the lights. I I cheat so bad at these games. I turn my brightness way the hell up on my TV just because I get too scared. I do that as a principle for any game because anytime the game loads up and it says set the brightness so that the logo on the left is barely visible, like I still can't see jack shit. I'm like, I'm gonna set this until the logo's blown then. out. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the other route. I'm gonna make sure I can see that logo and it's it's finally burned into my screen. Yeah, I, did. I remember that with The Last of Us. It was literally like, all right, here's three different logos. This needs to be barely visible. This needs to be kind of, and that needs to be overblown. Like, I, barely visible is like nothing. I'm going to jack this crap all the way up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. My goodness. Yeah, going to get to me. I got scared a couple times in Dark Souls. There's some uh, creepy uh, like castles that you go in, mm-hmm. and there's some areas where the bad guys are barely visible and their eyes are glowing. And then there's a couple of like traps that are just kind of set up. Like you see this glowing shiny. You're like, oh, I'm going to grab that. But as soon as you do, there's a jump scare. And you're like, oh, hate this. So <laughs> it's especially if you die from it, because then the trap worked and you feel like an idiot. <laughs> I think The Last of Us 2 is probably the most recent game I played that gave me a jump scare or two. And it's, you know, that's the thing. It's not necessarily set as a horror game if you will. It's just the notion of I can turn the corner and there'll be 15 things staring me down and I only have three shotgun pellets <laughs> to fend them off with. Right. <laughs> like Han running into the room with all the stormtroopers. <laughs> running back. Bad idea. <laughs> I love that scene just for the notion of they're all staring at each other and he still pops one of the guys and runs back. <laughs> Talk about asserting your dominance. Yeah. <laughs> He's quick on the draw. I mean, yeah. even like Empire, when he, when Darth Vader stands up and he doesn't even think about it, he literally just gets off like three shots so fast. It's kind mm-hmm. of bad. And all Darth Vader wanted to do was have a nice, lovely dinner. I know. How does with he? His daughter and boyfriend. Does he have like a wacky straw that goes in through the little slits on his helmet? How does he eat? I imagine so. Or maybe there's like a little little liver that just kind of the thing folds down and just shovels food in. <laughs> yeah, it's, that would be so distracting. <laughs> oh, jeez. Or he just shoves it through the little grates on his mouth. And exactly. just, someone's got to come and wipe it off. <laughs> All the food is just mashed potatoes. <laughs> Gotta get one of those compressed air cans to clean it out a little bit. That's what the, that's what the Death Star peons are for. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're talking. <laughs> anyway, Resident Evil, check it out. Yeah, January twenty first. Looking forward to it. PST. Looking forward to it. Uh, moving on to our next story. Go for it, shall we? All right, this is one I think you'll enjoy. Uh, Super Mario Three D World and Bowser's Fury. So we had an announcement about a new title called Bowser's Fury. Nintendo didn't leave a whole lot of information about it, but now we have some explanation as to what it is. Uh, The new standalone adventure coming with the Switch release of Super Mario 3D World will be a free roaming experience that is, quote, short but action packed, end quote. The new Bowser's Fury website describes the story of the expansion as Mario is sent to Lake Lapcat 
where everything is cat-themed and Bowser has gone berserk. Team up with Bowser Jr. to help his dad chill out in this short but action-packed standalone adventure. Uh, confirming that this is, again, free-roaming, traveling around Lake, Lake Lapcat in search of Cat Shines, which will allow you to unlock the new Giga Bell power-up, which turns you into a giant-ass Super Saiyan-looking cat and allows you to reignite lighthouses to clear the darkened areas, which sounds uh, pretty similar to Super Mario Odyssey, more so than Super Mario 3D World if we're being honest here. But it is a new title in the Super Mario franchise, and you're hard-pressed to find one that's not fun or exciting or colorful or just, you know, lively in any way, shape, or form. Justin, I know you being a huge fan of Mr. Bowser over there, putting him front and center. uh, Well, he's usually front and center because he's usually the antagonist of the game, but more so (laughs) front and center than usual. Probably has you a bit excited. And one thing I will note, I do... Kind of find it interesting that Nintendo is trying to make Bowser Jr. into more of a friendly protagonist and less so as an angry <laughs> sidekick antagonist. Yeah, kind of a piece of shit. Hey, he really is. He really is. Even in uh, Paper Mario, in this one, he was kind of a little dickhead, but, you know, neither here nor there. So, yeah, there's explanation. It's going to be released with Super Mario 3D World, but it is its own little short expansion. Cool. I'll take it. Did you play Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U? I did, actually. That was one of the few games I actually bought for that console. That's a good one. I it's it. fun. It's uh, so vibrant and colorful. That's what I'm saying. Like, every Super Mario game just, it has, I don't know how to explain it. It has its own, like, color palette. It just pops more than mm-hmm. anything else I've ever seen. Yeah, I dig it. I had a blast. And so I actually enjoy uh, New Super Mario Brothers U more so than world but uh they're both fantastic games and i will definitely pick this up as well new super mario brothers wii u is more of the left to right platformer style right that was with mario luigi and the two toads correct it was just in hd so it was beautiful to see mario looking as good as he was Mm -hmm. yeah i like the i like the way 3d world is set up kind of a nice hybrid Mm -hmm. of everything it still gives me like some super mario 64 vibes where being able to run around, but it also still has that traditional Mario style of you have to move from A to B as quickly as you can, collecting coins and all kinds of shiz. Sure. And then there's like moments where you use a turtle shell to hit a, some sort of block or or a question mark or something, and then just this explosion, like this pinball explosion of color happens, <laughs> and it's like this <laughs> jubilation of coins, and it's. It's almost distracting. There's way too much shit happening on your screen at once. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like in um, all these custom levels in Super Mario. Uh, was it Super Mario Maker? Yeah. That's the game. Yeah. Some of these custom levels that people create in those, it's just, okay, just jump on that, on that Koopa shell, and then the game takes care of the rest. You eventually make your way to the ending point without even having to pick up your controller again. Right. I like those, as opposed to those ones that, has like a bunch of fiery spinning wheels and bullets flying at you and hammers throwing at oh, you. I saw one level that was anxiety. just, yeah, anxiety inducing nightmare. And it stressed me out. It, it was like maybe a minute long. And I thought I like, I could just feel like my heart just like freaking out. Keeping beats <laughs> stress me out. I watch those and I wonder how, how does anyone do this? <laughs> It's uh, it's impressive, but it's uh, not for me. It's also psychotic if you ask me. Right. 
can't do it. Uh, but yeah, definitely looking forward to this, especially since my Wii U isn't even plugged in or hooked up by any stretch of the imagination. So um, I will have to pick this up on Z Switch. Mm-hmm. 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 Anything else? For this one? Nope. Moving on to the next story. All we right. are knocking them down. I know. I love it. Hogwarts Legacy. You familiar with this? You seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> yeah, heard of it. <laughs> All right, so posted about so the game's actually been delayed until 2022, giving the game the time that it needs. Posting about the delay via the game's Twitter account, the post reads, we would like to thank fans from around the world on the tremendous reaction to the announcement of Hogwarts Legacy from our Portkey Games label. Creating the best possible experience for all Wizarding World and gaming fans is paramount to us. So we are giving the game the time it needs. Hogwarts Legacy will be released in 2022. And I think that's fair, especially after what happened with Cyberpunk. I definitely want to release the game when it's ready. I think uh, Hogwarts fans and Harry Potter fans are a bit of a rabid bunch, and you're going to want them to be happy right out of the gate. So good on you. I wonder with all the uh, recent announcements involving Cyberpunk with the whole the development team knew this game wasn't coming out on time. The top brass basically saying, well, we developed the Witcher three, so we'll figure it out. Just all these things that are coming out. I wonder if the development team behind this game looked at any of that and said, yeah, maybe we should give ourselves a little more time to not do that. Sure. And I think, you know, working from home has its disadvantages when it comes to productivity. And, um, it has a lot to do with it. I mean, sure, they announced this game a while ago and everyone's been clamoring to to get their hands on it. But I mean, at the end of the day, do you want the game to come out unfinished or do you want them to do it right? So I was looking at some of the fan reactions on Twitter and people were pretty upset. They're like, why'd you even announce it? It's not even ready yet. Ugh. And um, I think that there's something to be said. Like sometimes you know, we've talked about this on the show where they're announcing games too early and I think that you just need to have some stock in a, in these games to where like they have to announce it to show that they're working on it uh, just to get people get the buzz going as it were. And I think that that's important, but once you've established yourself as being a, like having a proven track record, then I think you can wait until the game is close to being ready to launch before you launch it. And this is literally their first game, right? So, I mean, this is going to be a big deal. So it has to be done right. So um, me personally, I think it's the right call. I applaud them. I mean, it's unfortunate that you have to wait. But I mean, 2020 was the worst year ever. And it went by so goddamn fast. So yeah. I'm, I don't think 2022 is that far away. <laughs> well, it's a, a complete game is good forever. Uh, and a rushed game is bad forever. Shigeru yeah. Miyamoto said something along those lines. So Exactly. Yeah, 100%, totally fine. Um, again, I wonder if the whole cyberpunk debacle had anything to do with this announcement. I'm sure it persuaded them a little bit in that regard. But bottom line is, I'm totally on the same page as you in that this is your first foray into video game production. So there is a fine line of, well, we need to show something and announce something to get people excited for this title. But we also don't want to show too much in that the hopes are already so sky high that we could never even match any of that stuff. So 
it is what it is. Y'all need to be patient. I mean, it's been how long since a Harry Potter book or movie came out. So I think you can wait a little longer. Right. So Just they go rewatch those a couple of times. They did publish mobile games. Uh, there's Harry Potter, Hogwarts Mystery, uh, Wizards Unite, and Puzzles and Spells. And they were all on Android and iOS. So, I mean, they've, they've made Harry Potter games before, but this is the first one on consoles. And it is worth noting that it does say PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S and Windows. And by 2022, I am curious if they're just going to drop the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game. I think that would be in their best interest. So there isn't two uh, different versions of it. Yeah, and that's interesting because at the same time, the PlayStation 4 is still going to be it's still going to be up and running for years. I mean, Sony has that track record of we release a new console, but we're still not giving up a hope on our previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, PlayStation 3 just ended production in Japan this past year. You know, think about that. The PlayStation 3, the previous previous gen officially has stopped production um, in its homeland. So I think, but but I don't think people were buying those to play new games. They were no, buying correct. them to keep the hardware relevant, so that they, you know, the game that they have from 2006 is still playable or whatever. The only people that were going out and buying PlayStation threes are you right? I just burned mine. I need it for my collection, or I need to replace a transistor or something. They're basically yeah. buying it for spare parts. Yeah, exactly. At this point, but there also is a small population where like oh hey this console even though it's 20 years old is only 50 bucks that's a good time as any to go pick it up i see those people on reddit all the time but it's just i I still think that it won't be the best seller on the playstation 4 but it's still probably a good idea for them to keep it on there because who knows when you're even gonna get your hand on a playstation 5 at this point right my i think the biggest concern uh for me would be um, that you need to have working software on a device that potentially came out in 2013. So that's where the real problem is. If someone has an original launch Xbox One or an original an original launch PS4, then that game needs to be playable on those consoles, which I think is where the biggest problem is. Whereas with Xbox, there was, you know, the the S then the X and then the series S and X. So the next gen could definitely handle it, but, and even maybe even the, the X and the S could probably do a better job. But for that poor sucker that still has the original launch console, that game has to be playable on that version. Same with the PS4 and not a PS4 pro, but a PS4. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the problem is, is how are you going to have a game that can run smoothly on both previous gen and current gen uh, when it's that old. I think that's the biggest problem. Like, whereas like the 360 and the PS3, those didn't get mid year or or mid uh, lifespan, like uh, relaunches, you know what I mean? the hardware was still the same. The shape might've changed, the design might've changed, but the chips didn't change. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest problem. And there's a huge gap between an Xbox Series X and an original launch Xbox One. Same with PS5 and original launch uh, PS4. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
I 100% believe you, and good luck with that. <laughs> on the same page. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the problems with with uh, Cyberpunk was like, how are you going to have a console or have a game that runs on all these different platforms, including one that is now, you know, seven years old. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Well, and not to talk too much into it because we've already done this to hell and back again, but the biggest issue was everything that we saw was on a PC. The game is getting great accolades on the PC. The current gen consoles, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, it's kind of, you know, hit or miss depending on who you ask. And then last year, previous consoles, it's just, it's a crapshoot if the game even boots up properly. Right. It's unplayable. Yeah. I literally, I picked it up again for the PlayStation knowing that I'm eventually going to get a PS5 and it's going to work better on there. And I progressed another 15, 20 hours in the story from where I was the previous time. And I'm still getting crashes every other day. Although I am noticing if I leave my console in standby mode, it crashes more often there versus if I just turn the whole thing off and reboot it fresh. So I wonder if that has anything specific to do with it. Oh, interesting. At least it's not the, uh, if your save file is over nine megabytes, the game gets corrupted again. <laughs> that, was an, that was an issue. Some people were having, and that was even an issue in Bethesda's uh, fallout four. Oh my gosh. Fun stuff, right? Yeah. Pass. Hmm. <laughs> Just don't save the game. Just beat it in one shot. Yeah. Just turn it on. Just go. <laughs> What's the problem? You got a car. Just get there faster. Uh, driving that game's a nightmare too. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, Justin. Um, why don't you pick up your camera and go Pokemon hunting? Does that sound fun to you? Sounds like my nightmare. Uh, I can already see you grabbing the news now. It's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, new Pokemon Snap, a sequel to the 1999 N64 classic. And uh, a lot of people like this game and I played it, beat it in two hours and never really had a desire to go back to it. But that's neither here nor there. And you take pictures. Yeah, pretty much. Um, new Pokemon Snap is coming to Nintendo Switch on April 30th, Nintendo announced in a new trailer. In New Pokemon Snap, great title by the way, players control a Pokemon photographer who traverses through Lentil, a region full of beautiful scenery from lush jungles to sandy beaches. Players collaborate with the region's Pokemon expert Professor Mirror and his assistant Rita to conduct ecological surveys, photographing and observing Pokemon in their natural habitats. Uh, the gameplay remains very, very similar to the original Pokemon Snap, where you are in basically kind of a rail shooter and auto-driving vehicle while visiting different locations and taking photos of the Pokemon to build your photo decks. Points are awarded based on the quality of photos you take, and just like the original game, you can use items such as apples to lure the Pokemon in for a better shot, and I'm assuming you can use just rocks to throw at them to anger them and do whatever. <laughs> um, also worth noting that this announcement came in the 25th anniversary of the Pokemon franchise, which is 2021. In addition to that, there is also weird collaborations going on involving Katy Perry and other musicians, but we still don't know what's happening with that. I don't know if she's going to sing a new theme song or whatever the case is. She'll probably dress up like a Pokemon and start dancing on stage with sharks, but who knows? But yeah, new Pokemon Snap. That's a thing. Yeah. Pass. So, like I said, I played this game with my cousin. It took all of two hours to complete. It was not a long game. Uh, this is the original Pokemon Snap, by the way. 
it was fun. It was charming. It was kind of cool to see Pokemon do different things. There weren't too many secrets to unlock whatsoever in the game. But yeah, I didn't realize there was a huge, huge audience for this so much that this game kind of broke the Internet when it was announced. And this is not me trying to say I don't like you for liking things. Just I didn't realize the original Pokemon set was this popular. Yeah. Now, do you just hold your switch up and like pretend it's a camera and spin 360 in your, whatever room that you're in to take your photos? You know, um, I'm sure that's how the game is going to be played. Um, that's kind of similar to how was it Pokemon? What was it? Hey, you Pikachu Pokemon Go for the switch. Remember that one? No. Pokemon <laughs> switch game. It was basically a remake of the original Pokemon games on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. That's what it was called. And, or Let's Go Eevee, if you subscribe to that one right. as well. But in that one, it was catching the Pokemon was very similar to Pokemon Go. Um, if you were playing it in handheld mode, you had to move the Switch around to kind of line it up, throw the ball, and hope you catch the little bastard from there. My goodness. Stresses me out. Gotta catch them all, man. Yeah. <laughs> I have... What do I have? Sword. I think I have Sword. Is that a game, so, Pokemon Sword? Sword and Shield were the newest ones, yes. Yeah, I have those. Uh, prior to that, it was uh, Sun and Moon, and those were on the 3DS. Ah. Sun was really fun. I played the crap out of that, except I... There's a couple of generations in Pokemon that I completely missed, and the game went from you're a 10 year old boy, go out there and collect all these mythical creatures that even I, a professor, can't find, to oh, there's weird interdimensional portals, and now you're a 10 year old boy fighting literal gods with your five, level five Pikachu. So <laughs> there's a lot that I missed. <laughs> oh, geez. How fun. I don't know. I might have to skip this one. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, this is a franchise that I'm having trouble keeping up with. Um, I Red and Blue and even Yellow, that first generation, played the crap out of those games, caught everything. Gold and Silver, some of the most fun I've ever had in any video games. And then past that, I just... Not that I lost interest, but it was like I don't recognize any of these Pokemon, and it's kind of not as fun for me, which was strange. But then I got into Sun and moon and I had just as much fun with that as I did gold and silver. Cause it was a whole new lore to me that I never discovered before. Right. Do you still do the one on your phone? Pokemon go. Yeah. <laughs> when I remember it's there, that would just be nights where we're sitting around. It's like eight o'clock. It's like, Oh yeah, I still have this thing in my phone. I'll play it for a couple of hours and that's it. But outside of that, not really. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, uh, what, because I know that you're into mobile gaming now. What are you playing on your phone? Uh, what am I playing on my phone? Well, I was trying to play Genshin Impact, which is kind of like a anime looking MMO right. on mobile devices. Um, however, the game does not run so well on my phone. So I'm kind of disappointed in that. But it is a free game that you can get on PC and PlayStation and I think Xbox as well. So. I'll be checking that out at some other points uh, when it comes to mobile games right now. Honestly, just there's a couple of like little puzzle games just to kind of keep my mind active. 
little platformer style stuff. Right. Nothing too fancy. I tweet from my phone and that's it. <laughs> Do you tweet from your phone from your toilet? Mm, sometimes. Okay. I'm just reading. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see your next mobile app review. Oh, me too. So, so get on that. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I got to remember to do that. I can't wait to look at what game I'm not ever going to play. <laughs> my goal in doing those is just to get you to look at my review and say, I actually want to play this game. And once I do that, I'm done. Sure. There's no reason for me to continue beyond that. Easy. Mission complete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. I need a new game to play after destroying Dark Souls. Although I could play it again. I got to keep beating my time. Well, I reinstalled and re-upped my subscription for Final Fantasy XIV, so that is definitely keeping me busy. Yeah. The MMO world will do that, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's fun being the new player that's five expansions behind because everyone's telling you to do this, do that, go talk to this person. I'm just like, I'm still trying to figure out how to kill this ladybug <laughs> over here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I know. Isn't that, it's always daunting when you get a, when you get into a game that's existed for a long time. Like World of Warcraft, they kind of did something really cool with the new expansion. And just the level squish alone, I think, uh, provides some tremendous, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's, it's more like a kickstart. Because, like, if you start a game where there's 120 levels to get to you're just like man this is lame how am i i'm level one the end game is at 120 this is going to take me forever to get to that point whereas when they did the level squish to level 50 and then you had to get to level 60 to be uh, amazing again then that one to 60 is a lot less daunting than one to 120 and i think that that encourages new players to get back in to it because when the game first launched 60 was the level cap what is the level cap for final fantasy 14 uh 70 or 80 okay one of those two i'm only they do any seven, kind of, so i'm not even close <laughs> do they do any kind of level squish that you know of? i don't know um, i'm still like learning the basics and how the game works and all that stuff um, i do know that i think today is the last day you can basically purchase um a level skip so you can get for 12 bucks you can get your character up to level 70 and bypass all the story missions. But uh, my clan, my group of friends had told me it's best just to play through the story because then you kind of learn the basics that way versus, okay, cool. I'm ready to do all these end game raids, but I still have no idea how to play this game. So uh, the grind is real and slow and painful. Sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm sure you will be great. You are are a hero in the making. Oh, thank you. A little dragon lady's trying. I was going to ask, what what race did you choose in your game? Uh, The one that was like dragon people. Gotcha. Because my favorite class in any Final Fantasy game is always the Dragoon, or Lancer in some games, as it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, cool. I can be a dragon person who fights dragons and is the dragon knight class. So that sounds awesome. Right. Who are the little people? Like the Lalafell? Is that what they're called? I like those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those guys always freak me out whenever I see them sprinting through. They run like 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Now we're talking. I'll take one of those. I'll take two. I'll be two Lalafells. 
<laughs> we can do like a totem pole move and kick some ass. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. Are you done? Yes, that is it. That's a good show. That's awesome. Good to talk show. About. You got Star Wars and Disney. You got Resident Evil. You got Super Mario World. You got Hogwarts and Pokemons. We did it all. Done. Easy peasy. Thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Geek Legacy. Not the Geek Legacy podcast. <laughs> the Pixelated Podcast. How about that? Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Pixelated Pod, at Stephen K. Janes, and at Edgy Armo for all kinds of fun interactions about the video games. Uh, remember to check out the other podcasts that we have. As I mentioned, the Geek Legacy Podcast, and of course, the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. So many different podcasts. Oh my goodness. Uh, remember to keep those controllers charged and treat all gamers with respect. Thank you so much. Bye.